0: embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you, because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova it is friday may 29th um, i'm sharing that cuz we're still in quarantine you know in a way the country's opening up a little bit little by little different places uh, covid is still uh, the main topic on the news besides uh, i want to say police brutality and uh, racial issues i don't know i don't know how to even talk about it really um, but uh, COVID is still like the number one thing right now. And uh, I actually just got back. I was spent the last 10 days on a cowboy adventure from San Diego to South Dakota. And without taking too much time away from, from our guest today, who has a lot to share and I want to get to him, I just want to share. Um, I'm posting a lot about that on social media. So on Inspirational Alex, you can follow what it was like to throw a city boy into South Dakota have me push cattle, ride horses, tie up cattle, inject uh, calf with antibiotics, have to use a horse trailer as a bathroom. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of different, it was like camping to the extreme. Uh, and I guess the biggest takeaway is I have enormous respect for agriculture, cowboy, people that got to work outside all day, because I just don't think I even realized <laughs> how hard they work and the commitment that it takes to do that kind of work. I also had a great lesson in in realizing for myself, we're capable of so much more than we think we are. You know, nobody thought as a city boy, I was going to be able to hang for a couple days on a ranch and do this work. And I just kept reminding myself, you can do anything for a day. You can do anything for an hour. And I just kept pushing myself to go a little bit further. It didn't mean it wasn't painful. It didn't mean it wasn't hard. But at the end of the trip, it's like I survived 10 days of, of roughing it, of really being out of my comfort zone, and I'm better for it. And so I, I hope that everyone takes on, says yes to opportunities that make them feel uncomfortable because of the growth that can come out of it. I know we're going to get into this kind of this conversation with our guests today. Um, but yeah, it was a game changer for me as a human being to be able to just say yes and then deal with what shows up and just be committed to my growth and looking at how I responded to things. So there were times that I was uncomfortable. I was challenged. I wanted to quit. And I reminded myself I had to keep going. You know, there was no Uber that was going to pick me up out in the middle of nowhere. So uh, let's get to our guest today because he, he, it sounds like he has taken advantage of Covid, and I don't want to say taking advantage like in in a negative way, but it really decided that hey, this isn't going to stop him from living his life, his family's life, his business, and so he has really said, hey, how can what can I do with the situation? And I think I've done that too. You know, the podcasts keep going. I've launched some new courses. I have a bunch of new free items on my on my website that are for people that maybe don't have the greatest resources right now. And he is really taking on his life and his business and his family in a new way because of what this happened and and it broke up the plans that he had. So let me introduce him. My guest today is Aaron Ellis. Aaron is a, I love this term, I've never heard it, but a dad dadpreneur, which means he's a husband and a full-time dad. He's a singer and a songwriter. He's an author. He's an inspirational speaker. He's a mentor. He's a reality show host. He's an investor. He uh, has amazing videos online that just show what he's committed to and the life that he wants. But he is somebody who is out there impacting people's lives, changing people's lives, showing people what's possible that uh, you don't necessarily have to be living the life that you're living. You don't have to be stuck. You can actually create a life of, of everything. And I think he's doing that now. Especially during this, this challenging time for so many, Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, will you just tell tell us a little bit? You know, you were sharing before we started recording. But what is this uh, this pandemic, COVID?
1: What what's it like for you, for your family, for your business? We were already staying home. Uh, we were already working from home. We were already home with the kids and whatnot. So the other difference is, is uh, you know I I love growth, I guess you could say. I love freedom. right? I love the true meaning of freedom, meaning internal freedom, meaning uh, truly living in a space where nothing external to me dictates anything in my life. doesn't dictate my mood, doesn't dictate how I feel about life, doesn't dictate what I do at all. And I, a lot of people have never understood that with me. I've lived that way all my life, but COVID-19 was just another example of that. We just pivoted into whatever was needed in the moment. Uh, I seek I basically bring inspiration to everything I I do. I guess you could say it's not like I'm seeking outside of myself. So when COVID-19 hit, we were in a meeting with some of my business partners who had previously uh, been asked to perform like disaster relief and crisis aid over the last couple of decades in Florida. And uh, we were asked to step in to help. And from there, in the last few months, we've been sourcing different PPE materials for FEMA, for Homeland Security, for the White House, for the UN, for about 29 different states and private buyers. And uh, it's just been amazing. It's thrust me into a whole different world, in a sense, where I've always been the kind of person who can like, you know, in high school, I could sit down at any lunch table with any group of people. I'm just that kind of person. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun, actually. It's been amazing to not only just Be me, you know, in this time of craziness, which I, I love, I think I was telling you before, I love problems, meaning not as I like create drama, I love to bring peace to drama. So it's been very inspiring to be able to get on the phone with people and uh, who were frantic, you know, who are, are struggling right now, trying to really help the country and help the world at large and just bring a little light to their day, bring smiles to their faces in the midst of everything that's going on. So it's been wonderful. We've been thriving beyond anything I ever imagined in the last few months.
0: Do you, is there any like way that you've been talking to your kids about what's going on mm-hmm. just in like a relationship to COVID and quarantine? Like, how have you been addressing it with them? It's, it's obviously we didn't grow up and we didn't have to deal with this, right? This is completely new. And I think it's really interesting of, you know, we're going to have, we don't even know what the, what the problems or the mindset that it's going to have an impact on the youth but it will have
1: something. How are you addressing it as a parent with your kids? Well, it's basically day by day. You know, when we do go out, like yesterday, me and my daughter, my five-year-old, we went to Target, you know? So she sees people in masks and she asked me what's going on with the masks. We haven't been wearing masks. Not that I am opposed or for or anything. It's not like that. It's just, we just aren't. And she asks about it and she's like, should I pull my shirt up, daddy? I'm like, if you want to, you can, it's fine. You know, I let her make her own choices. Uh, and just letting them know that, just like in any other aspect of our lives, It, you know, COVID is, I guess, an extreme example that we'll probably never experience again in our lifetime. But just like any other aspect in our lives, we've always been very open with our children. We never try to shelter them. We always teach them discernment. We allow them to ask questions, say whatever they want, and we communicate with them, as some people would say, like they're adults, right? But it's really interesting because when you interact with your kids in a way, you're not treating them like children. You're treating them like an equal, in a sense, right? They're just a little person that's equal. You are. I've been shocked on what my kids understand and what they know and what they teach me in the process. So, as it segued from our life prior and into COVID nineteen, it's just been the same thing: open communication, let them ask whatever questions they want. You know, even publicly, we don't have this kind of like we don't have any kind of what did my kid just say in public? It's never like that. I'll crouch down, kneel down on the floor in the middle of target and talk to my daughter and explain to her when she's asking me, daddy, why is that woman wearing goggles? You know, and stuff like that, you know, (laughs) where most kids be like, be quiet. That's rude. But we don't teach them the concepts of rude or kindness or the dualities. It's just all about acceptance and kindness and starts with accepting ourselves. So as that works with our kids to directly answer your question, we teach our children acceptance of others through acceptance of them. Meaning however they show up in the moment, we accept them and we walk them through their questions.
0: That's great. I'm I'm
1: curious how this tails into like the other
0: situation that's going on in this country right now, which is just, I mean, a lot of it is is driven by, right? We see what's going on in the country by what the media shows us that's going on in the country, right? Because we wouldn't have any idea otherwise. That's how we find out what's happening. But I'm, I would I feel like I'd be remiss to not address it because, you know, I th- I'll just share my personal belief. I think that um, I don't think we have a individual racism problem in this problem in this country. I think most people are good people. They care about people. I think we have a systematic problem of racism. Like the system is broken, mm-hmm. and I believe that as white, you and I are both white males, that white males predominantly have the power in society for like positions of power, I think it's a, it's a big responsibility for white males to be involved in breaking the system and helping level everyone up. And as somebody like you, who I just love that you talked about teaching your kids kindness and, and making choices and treating people as equals, and also somebody, you know, that you're committed to love and you're committed to empowering people. You know, what are your thoughts? Like, how do we, and you love problems, right? This is, this is a problem. And it's not just a black, white, black police. This is a a problem for all of us as a whole, because, you know, none of us get, it's heartbreaking to see the things that we see.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, I'm probably going to take this in a direction you might not expect, but it comes down to what I see as just the core problems in any facet of life, in any any industry, any direction you want to take it. It's basically the same thing. And it comes down to people not really being present and owning who they are. And when you really dive into people's um, oppositions, I guess you could say, and the things they become really overtly outspoken about that they're against, when you really dive in with those people, and I've had several one-on-one conversations with some people like that are very high level, and especially in the last few months with all the government uh, people that I've been working with and talking with, you find out that they're just struggling within themselves, mm-hmm. and and I and this is you know, a lot of times hard for people to. To hear when I say this, but a lot of times the most overtly opposing people have the most internal struggles. Yeah. And one of the ways that they avoid the internal is by putting their energy externally. If we would all learn to and really seek to see who we are truly within and what we are truly within, realizing that what we are within reflects outwardly and our inner relationship with ourself is our primary relationship and how we are relating to ourselves completely dictates and mirrors how we relate to others. The problem would disappear when it comes down to it. Right? Yet we've been, we've been uh, conditioned to, and we've been programmed to, and we are continued to be bombarded with the programming of us against them and it's somebody else's fault and you know we the lack of personal responsibility is one of the biggest issues but the lack of personal responsibility comes from the conditioning that we're not okay that i'm not okay and i can't let people know what's going on with me where you know you ask me if there's anything i don't want to talk about i'll talk about anything literally anything uh vulnerability is key right and and I think it, it just comes down to people truly owning who they are, not owning who they think they are, not the mental concepts constructs, but when you go below and beneath or prior to all the um, all of our differences. Like you know, like you may have heard the term Namaste, right? Which basically means that. The spirit in me bows or honors the spirit in you. I meet you where we are both the same, meaning no gender differences, no color differences, no religious differences, no political differences, no financial differences. It doesn't matter if you like pineapple on pizza and I don't. It doesn't matter, right? Because at that point, we are equal. And then when we start to put the false identities on, because we don't like what we see within, so we start to assert who we are externally or who we're told we are by our culture, by our heritage, by the color of our skin, or whatever it is. The problems, it, you can't not have those problems because it's false identities asserting against false identities.
0: So if I were to, I've never asked somebody this question before, and it's going to be a big question, but do what you want. Please do what you want with it. Sure. If I gave you the magic wand and I said, hey, with all the knowledge and wisdom and uh, everything that you've done, you get to decide how we're going to, what are we going to do with this problem? Like you get to be in charge. You're the president for for a day, a week, whatever. Instead of going into the whole plan, right? That's huge. Just where would you start? Like, where do we start as people, as
1: individuals, as a country? Where do we start as individuals, as, as a country? So basically doing what I'm, what I'm saying, being who you are, vulnerably, 100% open and exposed. Mm. Like literally, I hold nothing back. I hide nothing. I don't, I mean, even what comes to mind is like, if I'm at the prescription counter, nobody has to stand far behind. They can come over and look over my shoulder and see what I'm buying. I don't mind. Yeah. I don't need them to stand away. because You know, there's no false identities in me. So it would be doing what I'm doing, helping people one by one understand how to do that, how to live that way. So when you, when you shift your perspective from a reactive perspective, meaning external, to responsive from flowing from the inside out, you change the way you look at things and the things you look at completely change. Yeah. And as a whole, everything is always working for our growth, always working for the betterment of, of humanity of society. When you get very acute and look at one thing, it looks as if it's not.
0: Sure. I, I often find that personally, if we don't learn lessons from a situation, they keep happening. Oh, right? Yeah. Like, if I keep if I have to make this uh, a if I have the same problem in a relationship over and over again it's because I'm not learning yeah and I see that as like we we have we have a lot of the same problems in not in not just in America but in the world over and over again right we've never been able to deal with hunger we've never been able to deal with poverty all these different things because we're, we're actually not learning the lesson we slap band-aids on things we don't really I love what you said I think the first thing is actually was acknowledging, for me, all the ways that I was privileged that I didn't even realize. Like, all the opportunities they had. And I don't have to feel bad about them. I just have to acknowledge, hey, in this race, I got to start, in a way, with a lot more comfort and a lot more opportunity than some other people did. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for some people, that's when you say vulnerable, it's scary for people to, to admit that, like, wow, you got to be ahead because of your parents or because of your society. And there's nothing wrong about that you know but but people make it wrong right like they they make it like oh they didn't well there's something wrong because they didn't do it yep um we can digress from this this is i don't want this my whole podcast is not about this (laughs) um i'm curious to to take a step back and look at like how you got here you know how did you learn this this mindset these belief systems you know what's
1: what was your journey and your process so it's kind of funny. Like I'm just going to tell you what arises in my mind. But I have always been very intuitive, uh, always been very aware. I guess you could say. Uh, and in the years, through the the decades and years, I've just learned to intellectualize it better. So as a child, the way this played out, which is kind of funny, is I just could know things. I just could see things in people. Whether you call it intuition, whether you call it uh, just <laughs> being able to read people, who knows what it is. But to the point where, uh, you know, I was brought up very uh, non-denominational Christian, which is actually a denomination in itself, uh, <laughs> but it was very fundamentalist and, and legalistic at that time, uh, and because of the things I would know, and I'd walk up and say, you know, <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you this, but it's kind of funny. I'd walk up to a person in church and say, that's not your wife. You were with your wife yesterday at the blah, 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 and like, so I I had the Christian version of an exorcism going on. When I was a kid, because how does he know these things? Right. So as I grew up, I've always just been me. Right. And when I was a kid, I was called like every report card said I was insubordinate. You know, I was called rebellious, but I never was rebelling. I was never doing it because I was rebelling. I was just like, but this is what I want to do. And why can't I do it? And I would do it. You know, and for, so from a very young age, I was playing music. I was professionally playing music from a very young age, much to my, you know, parents who were both educators at the time. I didn't want to go to school. I just wanted to play guitar. You know what I mean? They didn't quite understand it. So my journey has really been an evolution of me understanding who I was on an intellectual level, right? Because I was naturally living it already and being able to help others understand how to how to not bring it out in themselves because we don't really have to bring it out. We just have to clear the path. It's already there. It already asserts itself. It already flows freely. We just aren't seeing it because we're fixated on something external to us. We're fixated on a false identity. And as I, through my own life, through all the journeys I've had, uh, through all the different businesses I've done and different ventures I've done, I've continually learned more about myself. I've embraced and sought out the challenges. Like we were talking about earlier, I, I seek the law of adaptation, which our entire world is in the law of adaptation right now. I seek it out. I'm like, my comfort zone is discomfort. You know, I love it. Right. Cause I know I'm growing, you know, and some people are like, you're crazy. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I'll be crazy then. You know what I mean? And I literally wake up every morning saying, where am I not yet free? Bring it on before I get out of bed, you know, and I'm looking for it. So I guess how I got here today, has just been a, a journey of learning who I am uh, or how to express who I am more freely. And a lot of it has been through mentors I had, uh, you know, who would help me or just random mentors like I was touring uh, um, Japan once and ran into a retired samurai who told me a bunch of things about myself that stuck with me. You know what I mean? So I guess what I got me here today is just being open to every single facet of life, seeing the good and the bad and the right and the wrong as equal. Meaning as two sides of the same coin, and and the only thing that made it bad or wrong was my perception, or rather my misperception of the situation. Uh, and like you said, realizing as I've learned to stop. If I ever get a feeling of something's wrong or bad, I realize I'm reactive, and I stop right then and there. And I'm able to. I've moved well past the hindsight is twenty twenty kind of life to where I actually see my life woven like the tapestry woven in the moment see the lessons they're at where they are right then. Not, not, you know, that sucked, but I'm glad I went through it. It's like, yeah, this sucks. And I'm glad I'm going through it. Mm. You know, meaning, cause when I say it sucks, it's the same thing as me saying, this is a blessing. You know, I call them blessings. The <laughs> lessons that, like, you know how there's some people say that it's either, every life gives you either a lesson or a blessing. I'm like, every lesson is a blessing and every blessing is a lesson. Let's just call them blessings.
0: That's you know? awesome. So
1: in a nutshell, just being 100 percent open to whatever life threw my way and running at it head on.
0: Will you will you touch on really quick? Because I know what you're talking about, but I, and I don't know that the audience does. Um, the law of adaptation.
1: We sure. like just give us your you know educate us a little bit. Yeah. So the law of adaptation. Basically, every single facet of life, every form of life in this world, adapts. Okay, from plant life to animals to everything, it adapts. Things adapt, right? And typically, uh, humans, oddly enough, are the ones that resist adaptation the most. Most people won't adapt unless they're pushed to and they have to. Okay, so they sit back in their comfort zone, trying to stay safe. Then, safe. Then something in life pushes them and makes them have to make a choice. Okay, it happens constantly. Growth is going to happen whether we, whether we you know, seek it out mindfully or we wait for it and kick and scream and throw a tantrum as it's happening okay so the law of adaptation basically says that we will constantly adapt life constantly adapts and right now the pandemic everything is adapting the way business is going to are going to function are going to adapt the way the world functions is going to adapt and if you can learn to Assert the law of adaptation yourself, meaning choose to step out of your comfort zone, choose to grow, figure out where are you struggling, where are you stuck, and actually make the choice to, I'm going to grow here. You will make huge strides in business, in your personal life, and relationships, and health and fitness, everything, because you're going to, okay, the world's going to, you know, life, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, is going to throw change at you anyway right so the law of adaptation is just a, a success law a spiritual law a natural law whatever you want to call it that is always in motion in every facet of life in the planet we as humans are the only ones who typically resist it though like think about it when you think about like uh, trees they just grow towards the Sun they adapt right and the river adapts it keeps going down the hill if there's a rock it just you know goes around it we do that we adapt to our surroundings anywhere we are not um, programmed or we, we don't have a false identity let's say okay when we have a false identity in our sub i'm going to totally go into the brain now our subconscious brain has been programmed with a false identity a reactive pattern that's where we resist the lot of adaptation so in other words when we walk into a restaurant and we want to go sit in the table in the corner there's tables and people on the way we adapt to the basically the terrain and we move and flow around the tables If we had a reactive pattern around that, we would bump into every table and get pissed off that it was in our way. How dare they put that table there? I'm trying to get to the table in the corner. Who do these people think they are putting a table and a chair in my way, right? But if we can realize that anywhere that we're reacting in that silly way just means we have a reactive pattern that is keeping us stuck, and we say, okay, wow, I'm bumping into these tables when all I need to do is walk around them. Yeah right? So the lot of adaptation, it's always in motion in every, every form of life. It's always in motion from nature to animals, to humans, to everything. And most humans, they'll resist it and they kick and scream and they throw tantrums as they grow, although they all grow.
0: When, you know, when I talk to people like you and I love one of my favorite things to do with my clients is share the things I'm going through. Mm -hmm. they get to realize like oh just because you know a lot of stuff doesn't mean that you're like walking around like mario with a star invincible to everything yeah (laughs) they're doing the work we're just doing it a little differently um and when i talk to somebody like you who i i really feel is like living consciously at a whole nother level which is just a beautiful thing like if we could all get there and see how we're reacting or responding to things what, what are you still struggling with? Like, where do you run into challenges where you know you're really growing and that's this is like the next area of growth for you?
1: <laughs> well, let's go straight into what just recently happened in my life, okay? And let me give it a little bit of a runway. In 2000, I really want everybody listening to listen to this because- as you were saying earlier, if we don't learn the lessons, we repeat the lessons. The lesson comes back. If you really are aware, you will see synchronicities in those lessons that are spooky, you could say. Okay. So 2016, July 21st, my wife and I had a miscarriage. Okay. That drove us apart. We ended up getting divorced. All right. We both worked on ourselves. This goes into one of your questions. You asked me like, what's my biggest struggle? It was learning to have a family. There's a whole bunch of paradigms around that, that I, that I've worked through, but we worked on ourselves. We came back together. Okay. Now in 2016, June 21st, we were at a business convention. I was having troubles with my business partner who had relapsed into his addiction. Okay. Uh, and we had a miscarriage. All right. Three years later, we're back together. 2019, same business convention, new business partner, but he's lapsed into addiction again. June 21st, we have a miscarriage. Oh, wow. Three years to the day. Okay? That one brought us even closer. Mm -hmm. We were more aware. We were more open. We worked through the pain of it together, right? And then this year, June 21st, our son was due. On the same day that we had two miscarriages, three years apart. Right? So the synchronicity, the the similarities of the lessons is crazy, right? And I see that in my life all the time now. If I don't learn a lesson, it's like, I see it right away. I'm like, oh, this is a lesson I didn't learn. Let's learn it this time, right? So where the struggle came is, you know how I said, I say, where am I not yet free? Bring it on. Sometimes I'm like, man, why did I say that today, right? So two weeks ago, Friday, my wife wakes me up at 1 a.m. in the morning with a lot of pain, now, my wife's super stubborn, so she says, I'm fine. Just go back to sleep. I'll be fine. Uh, we had a, we have a, mid, I had a midwife. Our, our daughter was born all natural and all that kind of stuff, no medication and all that good stuff, and that's what our plan was for our son. Uh, the tub was arriving a week later and whatnot, so I called the midwife, and I said, you need to call Yolanda and tell her that we have to go in, because I'll tell her, but she she hears a few minutes, ago. go. We go in. Within a few hours, they take us to labor and delivery. It says, time to have a baby. We're like, what are you talking about? it's we're not ready he's not ready you know what I mean we still have six weeks to go and stuff so one my where am I not yet free come on I had the opportunity to witness my thoughts knowing that I am not my thoughts just like we're not our car you're not your hat I'm not my computer we the ownership of the owned is there my car shows the owner and the owned but when we say my thoughts We forget that sometimes, Mm -hmm. and we get carried down that train of thought, right, and derailed because we think we're our thoughts, but we're not, just like we're not our car. You know, we're not our computer. We're not our phone, right? So I I had the great opportunity to witness my thoughts because I guess you could say I had opposition to Western medicine. I had opposition to traditional birthing methods, right? Um, Meaning I wanted them a certain way, but there was still energy in me of what I didn't want, Okay, and when you have any kind of energy of what you don't want in the manifestation of what you do want, get ready to potentially manifest what you don't want. Okay, and so I had I got to witness my thoughts like I was and the feeling, the energy, the tension, the almost the panic of oh my god we're in the hospital I don't trust these people what are we gonna do right and we got through it you know and we um, brought us closer together again and now we have a, a, a as of tomorrow a two week old premature baby. And he's home, you know. Congratulations. So it was quite the challenge. I'll tell you what. Now, it it didn't end there. For so first of all, let me. I, I want people to really understand that uh, you can create your life, yet it doesn't have to look the way you think it does. Mm -hmm. yet it can look the way you think it does. But you really got to clear your energy. How you show up and flow through something literally dictates what you're going to create. So that's why I was talking about the avoidance energy, right? If you you are going through life saying, this is good, this is bad, this is right, this is wrong, and your bucket of bad and wrong has gotten so heavy that you're like, I'm overwhelmed. I can't take it anymore. I'm done. I'm going to figure out how to get away from this. You might get a little reprieve from it, and you might think you found the solution, but you're just repeating the cycle. You have to come to a place of personal responsibility, which we can talk about differently a different time. But you need to come to a place where you're creating out of personal responsibility, not making something wrong and wanting something better, meaning removing the duality. So, he was born at two nineteen p.m. They said we need to take him to the NICU nursery and monitor him and stuff like that. And we're like, no, we don't want him to leave. He's not leaving the room. And like, he has to, when is he coming back? When is he coming back? They wouldn't tell us. They wouldn't tell us. They wouldn't tell us. Finally, reluctantly, they said, we'll bring you an update. We'll give you an update in about four hours. Okay. So we're freaking out because they're taking our baby out of the room. Right. I go plaster myself against the window of the nursery the whole time watching their every move. Right. (laughs) Also watching my thoughts though. Not like you better not hurt my son to they're taking wonderful care of my son. My son is in good hands. You know what I mean? I was changing all my thoughts in real time, right? And <clears throat> um, so two hours later, the uh, pediatrician comes in and says, we don't quite understand what's happening. He has 100% oxygen saturation. His, his uh, um, blood sugar needed to be 45. He's at a 60. We've never seen that at this young baby. We're bringing him back to you guys. But if anything goes sideways, we're going to have to pull him out of the room right away. So the reason I bring that up is because as soon as they said they had to leave, take them away, I immediately became hyper aware of my thoughts. And all the things I didn't want to happen, I allowed those thoughts to go and replace them with what I did want to happen. Not shut up, not telling those thoughts to shut up or go away because you can't. That doesn't work. I released the energy. I let the train come in the station, go down the track without me jumping on it, and then had the power to replace the thought and immediately start visualizing him back in the room with us and us going home within a day or two because the doctor said he's going to have to be in the hospital for two weeks. They let us go home Monday, two days later. Okay. So we defied the laws, which those who know me are constantly saying, how do you do that? You're so lucky. I'm like, has nothing to do with that. I just know how to create my life, you know, by what I want, not what I don't want. So, but here was the hiccup. Uh, My wife's uh, blood pressure spiked on Tuesday and she had to go back to the hospital. They would not allow the baby back in the hospital. Mm. so we were breastfeeding we're adamant about that we were not going to compromise it so for two days the next two days and nights i returned to the hospital around the clock getting milk because she was pumping yeah to feed the baby that was a struggle for me because it's really interesting in relationships where the way you think you want to take care of your wife and what she needs all she needed was for me to take care of the kids Mm -hmm. And let her know that everything was okay. Although I wanted to take care of it. The beauty of it is is our midwife. We said, I'm going in there. They didn't want, they said, I couldn't go in either. Like talking to our midwife. She's like, I got a friend there. Let me call her up. They gave me a a pass to come in and and go up and visit her every time I needed to come in and stuff. So where my challenge still is, and I have another, I could share more stories about this is with my kids even though I know that they have their own path in life and I honor everybody's path, even though I know that their higher self, their soul, whatever you want to call it, knows way more than I'll ever know on what they need for their life. I still get those feelings like you go after, you go after my daughter. You know what I mean? I still have those thoughts go through my head. And, but I also have the awareness that there it's my ego and I have the awareness that I'm not making those thoughts wrong. I'm just allowing them to be there and let them go.
0: Thanks for sharing that story. I mean, yeah. there's you hit on so many things. First of all, I mean, like, I you want to tell you how sorry, right? When you're sharing those, I think people don't realize how common miscarriages are, like, and so people get feel really bad about them. There's a lot of stuff, and it's like it actually happens. I, I you know, you had it happen twice, right? Like, yeah. and it doesn't change how heartbreaking it is. Um, but there's like a stigma around it, like, because people don't realize. And then, congratulations on on the new baby. Yeah. I also want to say it's so, it's so, um, the divine, like the timing of this conversation. Um, I am the, the, my girlfriend who I just went to South Dakota with, we broke up like six months ago and we've actually just re gotten back together. And one of the things that I shared was, Hey, if we just get back together, we're going to drive the same car into the same wall. We have to do this different. And she was like, I will do anything. And you know, one of the things that one of the reasons we it didn't work the first time is righteousness. Us um, thinking we had to be right about our beliefs, and we come from two very different worlds. And one of the things you know she said to me that was a game changer was she said, "I'd rather be with you than believe what I believe." Mm. And and I said, if we're gonna do this, you know, we can't do it alone. We can't be we can't be driving the car without somebody checking our blind spots. And we both, which we had never done, and we always thought it was stupid, you know, people that hire a therapist, a marriage counselor before you get married, um, we would have made fun of people like I would have. And it's, it's a game changer, like doing the, right, the same relationship, same people, but doing it different from a different conscious place and seeing how it goes. Doesn't mean we don't fight, doesn't mean stuff doesn't come up, but it's really nice to hear, you know, you said your relationship got torn apart, which is terrible, that, but yet you guys have are did you, you guys got remarried i'm assuming Are yeah, together, together. stronger than ever that's so cool it's so inspiring and i i think um obviously it's not for everyone right but i think that it's a lesson in hey sometimes things don't go the way we think they're gonna go your your childbirth did not go you have a son now it didn't go the way you thought it was gonna go your marriage didn't <laughs> go the way you thought it was gonna go and now you have it and neither has my life um and sometimes we make that wrong, like, right. It's supposed to
1: a certain way. Yeah. One of the um, biggest problems is people, it's like, it doesn't have to look the way we think it does. Yeah. And people hold so tightly to that. And the beauty of it is, is if you're open to understanding that you're being taken care of, if you're open to understanding that trusting life, that life is always happening for you. It's not happening to you. It's always happening for you. Then you will see the evidence of that. So when it comes to our son, Yeah, she had what's called preeclampsia, which means her blood pressure was high, her liver enzymes were high. She could go into uh, seizures, which would be life-threatening to her and the baby. So that's why they said we had to deliver. But once he was out, part of her placenta had died, and he had a knot in his umbilical cord. So those two things we didn't know, but Mm -hmm. those two things themselves were threatening the life of the child, right? So he knew, God knew, The universe knew whoever, Bob and Mary down the street knew, I don't, whatever anybody wants to call it. It doesn't matter to me, but we, because we were open and because I allowed myself to have the thoughts of this is wrong and bad, knowing that they're just thoughts and let them go. We, we, this is what I'm talking about. It's not as much hindsight as 2020. You see the reason and the beauty that is always there right when it's happening. And you see the blessings like, Oh, look at this. Because you allow yourself to step forward into the unknown to find out what the next known thing is going to be right. And to, to reference what you're talking about too, it doesn't matter if it's business relationships, health and fitness, how we show up and flow through what we do is what gives our success, not what we do. So if we want new results, we have to show up and flow through what we're doing differently. Doesn't mean it was her fault. I'm never going to date her again. Or, you know, people get even to extreme where they'll change hair colors of people they're going to date. Like they get extreme. I'm not going to raise that nationality. They make everything wrong about the what same yeah. with jobs and businesses, but it's not that it's them. We are our only problem and we are our only solution. And when people start to understand that every time there is tension, stress, struggle, frustration, I know it's simply because I am misunderstanding the moment. Hmm. There's something new I need to learn, some growth I need to basically embrace. And when you do that, you start to see it. You oh, well, and like you were saying, like, my thoughts shows the owner and the owned. But when people step into the spiritual realm, which I would call the intellectual spiritual realm, it becomes my truth, my Mm -hmm. peace. They just candy coat my thoughts, and then they stand firm the same way they did with their opinions. Right, and it's realizing that all they are is a bunch of jumbled letters that we put into words that are just signposts. They're not even real; they're just signposts at best. And typically, it's it's always misunderstanding when there's tension or struggle or, or arguments. Always.
0: I want to ask you a little about trust and faith, because um, <clears throat> it's clear it's a it's an important area for you. And uh, but I want to put it. I want to give you a, a little context around it. So. I, authenticity is huge for me and it's very clear. I feel like you're just not, you are an authentic person. Like all of this just, uh, well, let me break down. I'll tell you to, to me, authenticity is a combination of commitment, integrity, vulnerability, trust, and faith. That's what makes someone authentic. And one of the things that I run into a lot is people really get integrity. They can really get vulnerability. They can get commitment and people, get challenged, at least I find around the trust and the faith. Well, how do I trust a world that's always changing? How do I trust myself when I don't know that I've ever done it? How do I have faith that life is working for me? How do you answer those questions? How do you support people to understand those things when they, when right now they don't have an understanding of them? Got it. So
1: um, first of all, I guess to, to just meet you where you're at, my definition of authenticity is when what you say and what you do and what you think are all speaking the exact same message, exact same message. So what you're doing, you're also saying, and you're also thinking you're not, there's no incongruency in any of that. Right. And it's also the moment that we're in authenticity is not telling you what I've done. It's showing you what I'm doing. It's being here in the moment right now. Right. Which may or may not look like what I've done in the past. Okay. So when it comes to trust, there is only self-trust. And people struggle with this because they, they have been taught to put their success outside of themselves in what they do, not the, how they show up and flow through what they do, which is them. So trust is always self-trust. It only comes when you actually step into action. So when I talk to people or I coach people, I tell them what I see they're capable of, I show them that they are, you know, they're they are consistent, they're disciplined, they have all these things. They've just been doing them all in somewhere they didn't want to do them. But that doesn't mean they're not disciplined and, and consistent. They haven't reached a high level of, of basically PCs and freedom and mastery in what they're doing, but because they don't like what they're doing, they say that they're none of those things. Right. But they've gone to a job they hate for years. They are always on time. They they get their job done. Oh, is it a struggle every day to do it? No, I could do it in my sleep. Oh, so you've achieved a level of mastery and peace, and freedom in this job. No. Right. Yeah, you have. Right. So I help them see that. But ultimately, it's because they we've been taught to take our power and put it outside of us. Yet ultimately, I can say to you, the sugar is sweet, but the sweetness is in the tasting of the sugar. All I can give you is assurance. The trust comes when you taste it yourself. The trust comes when you step into action yourself. It is always self-trust. Yet in the world we live in, people have been conditioned to believe that they are their job, they are their name, they are everything they've done, that they are the sum of their experiences. That's not true. They are the essence of all that, right? So with that, they're like, Well, tell me, you know, how did you succeed? And they think that if they find somebody else that succeeded, that means they're going to succeed. You can have the best anything, workout program, best relationship. You know, you can have the best business opportunity. Everything can be perfect, yet it means nothing unless you show up and flow through it. And that's what dictates your results, not what you're showing up and flowing through. And it's just reminding people of that because the conditioning, meaning the subconscious program that decides for them, isn't allowing them to choose right? So it's just reminding them consistently that you are your success, period. No matter what you do, right? You're your success. And what happens is like, um, I just had a thought. You see. I don't know where it's at. I had this, this candle. Oh, here it is. So it's like this. People forget the essence and get, they get attached to the imagery, right? So for example, there's nothing we don't like or hate in this world. There's only the experiences we don't like and hate. So we forget that it was the essence, the experience, and we think it's the what, right? So mm-hmm. if this is a candle, right? It's a glass, blue glass candle. Sure. Yet if I were to crush this, it would be a pile of blue glass. What makes it a candle is the space within it, mm-hmm. right? I crush it, it's gone. It's still the same thing, but it's the space within it. It's the essence that makes it the candle. It's, it's us that makes us successful. It's not the outer form. It's not the job. It's not the other person. It's not the exercise program. It is us. Yet we have been taught to discount ourselves. So it's like, you know, I, you know, just give an example for uh, exercising. Kickboxing, man, it's what you've got to do. It's the best exercise you could do because we got in shape in it. Although we could have gotten shape in CrossFit. We could have gotten shape walking, we could, you know, in all different ways. But we put all of our power in what we do when we are the power that we bring to what we do. So to answer your question, it's just, it's reminding people of that. First and foremost in my life, making sure that I'm in congruency in what I'm saying in every single thing I do, and then sharing it. But ultimately, it's our actions. And man, if you don't have kids yet, when you have kids, the the truth of they do what you do, not what you say is 100% true. Everybody in life does what you do, not what you say as well. They just don't realize it, right? yeah and so it starts with us again it starts with us being in integrity and congruency and that's the best way we can help others is by making sure that we are authentic
0: that's really well said i love that analogy i've never heard i don't know if you just made
1: that up that candle analogy but it's i was thinking about what do i have that could be space i was looking for a vase or anything and i saw the candle you know
0: (laughs) It, it was great i um I refer to what you're talking about as being versus doing, like who we're being versus, you know, what we're doing, doing creates the action, but it's all about, you know, if your analogy I use all the time is if you're a knife salesman and every door you walk up to, you're an asshole, probably not gonna sell a lot of knives. (laughs) But the action of walking up to the doors isn't what sells knives, it's who you are when you show up at the door, how you connect with the person, and you can't do connection, you can't do love. Those are ways of being and ways yeah. of showing up, which stem from inside, not outside. Uh, I love the, what I love about the candle analogy is it's visual, and you can show that to someone, and it's so you can easily grab onto that. Um, Aaron, thank you so much. You uh, you're you're extraordinary. You're extraordinary, and you're wise, and you're kind, and you're loving, and you have so much knowledge, and you bring it in such a, a natural and easy to understand way. The way you speak, uh, I think, is anyone can hear. Um, It's not, it doesn't, you can tell that it doesn't come from ego, that it comes from your heart, that it comes from within, Mm -hmm. and that you're committed to helping people and helping people be better, but also that you're doing the work yourself. I I love when I get to hear people talk about their journey and what they're doing, because to me, if you're not doing the work, who are you to share with anyone else? Um, So thank you. I really appreciate your time. And giving me and this my audience here your time Um, people can find you and it'll all be in the show notes but at aaron ellis online which is double a r o n e l l i s o n wait did i do that sorry that's your instagram aaron ellis online is your instagram your website is aaron
1: correct
0: um And anything you want to leave us with, anything you, any final
1: words or anything that you want to share? You don't have to. (laughs) Uh, No, it's just basically, I I hope that people, my hope is, is that people will start to take to heart what I said. Like, you know, it's not what we do. It's how we show up and flow through what we do. And just take that thought and apply it everywhere in your life. Because most of the time we'll find that we've put our power outside of ourselves. And if we just reclaim it, anything, everything's at our fingertips, literally.
0: Yeah, thanks for being an example for men too, you know, men to the feelings that we have and the care that you have and the fear that you had with your son and actually just being vulnerable and owning it and sharing it. Uh, I think, you know, the world needs a lot of that. Men, you know, we, nobody teaches us as men how to feel, how to process, how to do it differently. So thanks for being an example for men out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, man. You bet. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream And I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a Dream Mason because your dreams don't build themselves.